This is John Zaninovich. Welcome to Move My Mass. You'll be hearing from great guests talk about balancing life and being fit. Hey, thanks for allowing me to come by your place today and have a little chit chat. Yep. First but, time I've uh, taken the show on the road. <laughs> we'll see if it works. <laughs> I think I, think I kind of like all this. This is yeah. going to work. Yeah, this is good. But yeah, this is, uh, I think this is your third or fourth time on. Yeah. And I don't know why, you know, why we haven't covered the subject before, but the reason I wanted to have you on this episode is to talk about AFib. Yep. I know you've been dealing with it. You've yep. had uh, numerous episodes. Yep. But yeah, it's uh, it's an issue that I think a lot of people can learn from, uh, especially from a endurance athlete, somebody that's uh, pushing their body all the time. Right. And how you deal with it. So let's uh, let's start. When did you, when did it first happen? When was your first, what are they called? Episodes or? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're not in atrial fibrillation all the time. It's mm -hmm. something that happens, but uh, I was first diagnosed with atrial fibrillation in my mid to late twenties. Yeah. Um, it was a weird, I was sitting on the couch one night, uh, Stacy and I were watching TV and I might've been having a Pepsi or something. And all of a sudden my heart just flip flopped, skipped a few beats and then never went back to a normal beat. And uh, a lot of people say it's like it feels like a runaway train or your your chest is pounding. And we just did not know what was going on. So I went to yeah. the hospital that night, uh, spent some time there. They diagnosed me with atrial fibrillation, put me on a, a beta blocker, slowed the heart down. And um, over a few days of taking some medication, it converted on its own. So uh, that was the first time it happened, but that was in my mid to late 20s. And uh, so I've been dealing with it for over 20 years now. Yeah. And is it always the same for everybody that has it? Is it a rapid heart rate or is it just a regular heartbeat? Yeah. Uh, irregular or arrhythmias, or some people call it palpitations. Uh, there's a lot of everyone. It probably feels different to everybody, okay. but um, uh I will have a lot of, while we're sitting here uh, recording today, I will have palpitations and things that go on, but it won't go out of rhythm in a permanent basis. So what happens is that happens all the time. And that's electrical. Uh, there's an electrical issue with my heart and uh, with a lot of people's, and that'll cause it to miss beats. Mm -hmm. So what you have is you have the atrial top portion of the heart, and then you've got the lower chambers and it should, the top squeezes and then it, pushes blood out through the lower chambers. What happens with atrial fibrillation is your upper atrial section quivers. It just quivers. It doesn't give a solid beat. Okay. So it never really pushes the blood flow that you need. And it feels like you're racing at hundred, you know, your, your heart rate's really high. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if you take your heart rate while you're having an episode, you'll be running 120 plus gotcha. just sitting here. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. And that first episode, now looking back, do you remember anything leading up to it? Like, okay, now that I've gone through it and I think back, there were times I felt things. Yeah, absolutely. You, uh, you learn what your triggers are. Right. So everybody has a different trigger. Uh, mine was caffeine early in my life. Uh, I was real susceptible to caffeine. Uh, 
hyping me up and uh, causing my heart to have problems. The funny thing is we were in college just a few years before that, and we would go out to a coffee shop and have coffee and study till 10 or 11 o'clock at night and go back and go straight to bed and not have a problem. Yeah. Today, I can't have caffeine at all. Uh, so your body changes as you get older. But that was one of my early triggers was caffeine. So today or last 25 years, I've had no caffeine, not a Pepsi, not iced tea, not anything. Yeah. Um, but my other triggers as I've figured them out are uh, dehydration. Dehydration is a huge one for me. As soon as I get dehydrated, my heart starts to skip beats. Okay. Uh, the other one is fatigue. So fatigue and dehydration, really perfect things for endurance athletes, right? Right, right. no kidding. <laughs> and what we're doing is carrying fatigue every day, and we're dehydrated because we're usually doing long workouts. So those are really uh, major issues for me that I have to pay attention to. And uh, there's a lot of AFib within the endurance community, endurance athlete community, because they dehydrate themselves and they get so tired so it is, I've talked to other people, it is a common occurrence with other AFib people that have that problem. Yeah. And so let's get into, well, I don't remember it so much in your younger years, but I do remember because it was such a big event. We had signed up for our first Ironman race. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you came to me and said, I can't compete because I can't get this under control. Yeah. What's What's really changed from then till now because you had some episodes where you're like it won't stop right you know and right. have you and have you been what do they call it converted Sh- man converted? converted shocked yeah they've done that right yeah i've done it twice now yeah and, and uh so what's the difference having to do that so it permanently fit well it's not that they got rid of it but it kept it it's kept it from going back into it, right? All it is is that event. That event might last 30 seconds, 5 seconds, 30 seconds, or 30 days. Okay. And uh, so when I was, again, uh, younger, 20s and 30s, um, I would have an event. I would go into atrial fib, just meaning, a, main, meaning it was regularly unregular. It was not gotcha. a normal heartbeat for a long extended period of time. Gotcha. And so I would go on medication. I actually had some medication at home. I would go on that immediately. And then within usually seven days, it would convert back to a normal heart rate on its own. When I got to my late 30s and 40s, um, it would no longer convert on its own. And so uh, we were signed up for Hawaii, uh, Ironman um, Arizona. And we had been doing, I don't know, eight months of training. We were in great shape. We were 30 days out. And I went into atrial fib. I had an episode that would not convert, and it went on. The longer it went on, I finally uh, had to be converted manually. And so that is a, you sign up, you you schedule an appointment, your cardiologist takes you to the hospital. They do it in the hospital. They put you half under, just kind of daze you, uh, and then they hit you literally with the paddles. And uh, they convert you back to a normal heart rate that way. Yeah. And you've had that done twice. I've had that done twice. And how far apart were those? They were about uh, three or four years apart. Okay. Yeah. And since? You nothing. Haven't... Nothing in the last eight years. Right. And now, I... nothing, no long atrial fib type. I have daily occurrences of arrhythmias and um, flip-flopping hearts and things yeah. like that, but it always goes right back. So I'll hold my breath almost because you'll feel it happen a couple of times. You're like, okay, is it going back? And then it'll go right back to a normal rhythm. So yeah. that's what's been happening for the last seven or eight years. Right. But um, 
those arrhythmias are happening more and more often all the time, but I also recognize them better now. And when they're happening, I'm like, why is this happening? I'm dehydrated or I'm tired. And so I'll just take a day off of, of training yeah. and get myself a little more well rested. And that seems to, maybe I'm heading off those full blown episodes. Gotcha. And yeah, so you, you head them off or, you, you know, you feel like you're heading them up and obviously you are, cause you haven't had any long episodes, but what, do you notice anything like, okay, so you got to avoid fatigue, dehydration, caffeine, right. but you're the intensity of a workout. Does that matter? Does no. that? No, uh, the, the intensity of a workout, how hard you go, they don't, tr it never triggers an episode for me and it doesn't do anything other than your body might be a little more tired the next day and you might need an extra day of work, you know, recovery. So you're not so right. tired if, if that's one of your triggers. Um, but you know, uh, we've talked on the last podcast, I think I was on, I was doing 52 or 75, 75 hard. hard yeah, yeah. 75 hard. And I was about 21 days in and I was two workouts a day. And one of my workouts was we did a tough mutter in the morning. And then I had to do another workout in the afternoon. And I kept that up for about three or four days past that. And I got so tired. I started having some heart problems. Yeah. And so I said, you know what, this is not worth it. And so I took myself off 75 hard, took a day of rest or two, two days of rest. And I was, my heart calmed down. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, uh, and that was definitely more fatigue than anything, it was just fatigue right? that was, it was doing yeah. at that time. I was well hydrated, uh, minerals, electrolytes that really bothers me. I could be drinking all the water I want, but electrolytes are an issue for me. So if I'm not getting in enough electrolytes enough sodium, for example, which is a, again, a, a problem that most endurance athletes have, yeah. if you're not taking enough sodium in, I take over a thousand milligrams a day, a supplement. Mm -hmm. Um, so that really helps me. Right. And yeah, that's, and it's, I think it's just so important for, you know, there's gotta be a lot of endurance for athletes in general out there, just maybe starting to deal with it. Don't know. Yeah. Cause it would be gotta understand. It's gotta be scary thinking, man, do I never get to do this again? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to ride. I like to swim. I like to whatever you want to do, man, do it. And I think it's that's just a, a great story to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you it's really important it. when you have these things happen, you know, get yourself diagnosed. You're immediately going to go to the hospital. The first time it happens, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm dying. Right. And uh, so I did that the first couple of times I went to the hospital Second time, I was like, I think this is atrial fib, but I don't know. And they checked me out. They said, okay, yeah, you're an AFib, but everything else seems to be normal. Now, when it happens, I don't even bother going to the, you know, I just set an appointment for the next day to go see my general doctor. You can't get into a cardiologist. That takes six months to get into a cardiologist. Yeah, so yeah. I just go see my normal doctor now. But um, I think the lesson is for athletes out there. I and mean, again, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV, <laughs> right? Right. So uh, I'm not a doctor, so I probably say a lot of things here that are wrong, but go, you know, it's not a death sentence for you. Uh, there's plenty of endurance athletes that are doing this every day and they have uh, these issues. They're susceptible to uh, AFib. You don't want to train while you're in AFib. Uh, and I've done that. <laughs> I've been yeah. in AFib and tried to train because you can get in a situation, you get it controlled with beta blockers and other heart medication, it'll get your rate down. So yeah. I got down to one time where I was an extended period of time where I was um, uh, in a fib, but they got my heart rate controlled down to where I was, you know, 75 or 80 sitting here. So I'd get on the spin bike and I'd try and I didn't want to black out on the road. So I'd get on a spin bike and I'd try. It's dumb. 
but I've done that kind of stuff. But what I did was I got out of here, I got out of the valley, I got out of my local area, and I went and found a doctor. And there was a doctor in Southern California, actually at Scripps in San Diego. And his moniker, he was Dr. Marathon. He was okay. a car- cardiologist. He was uh, someone who had had AFib in his life. And I went down and saw him and he says, no, every, that's what I specialize in. All my athletes who have AFib, come see me. Um, I have anyone who has a heart problem. He had people that um, had uh, heart transplants or they had um, all kinds of different issues, but he helped them all become or stay active as athletes. So don't take the first uh, thing your doctor says as my first cardiologist says, well, just stop doing what you're doing. You know, you're way too active. Don't do that anymore. And that's yeah. what they all want to say, right? right? So I just didn't take that advice. I went and found the right doctor. And he says, no, you're perfectly healthy. We put me on a treadmill, did a full test. He says, no, you're great. I haven't had many people that could do as much as you. So yeah. keep on doing what you're doing. But next time you have an episode, we'll treat it this way. Yeah. If we have to, we'll we'll put a, um, what do they call the things? I know that zap you, uh, a defibrillator. a defibrillator or something like yeah. that yeah. that you have on you. He said, we'll do one of those. He said, I've got athletes that have those. He says, he, there's all kinds of ways around this. So I don't, right. I guess the lesson there is it's not a, it's not a death sentence for endurance athletes, but just go find the right doctor. Cause there is one that will help you through it. That's so true. With a lot of things. Yeah. And speaking of, speaking of heart rate, you're talking about heart rate. You're, what was your heart rate during some of these episodes? Just sitting. Yeah. Just sitting 120, 130, 140, just sitting. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's just sitting here. It's like you're out on a good ride. Yeah, my resting like heart rate, yeah, right today, my resting heart rate would be 45. So if I'm 45 now and I'm at 140 sitting during an episode, you're working out just sitting here. Yeah, and that's, and that would go on for how long for you? 30 days. Where it's just at 140, 125, 140. The whole time. Sleeping. Yeah, sleeping the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I, yeah, it's just hard to wrap my head around it. And I yeah. remember you, you know, talking to you when you were, back going through those episodes i'm like how does that yeah because that's obvious then that's obvious you're like all right i mean hey fib but it's, it's different it's not like you're breaking a sweat you're not you're not sweating you're not feeling active your heart's just going crazy and it's not so much that you're working out it's just again it's it's quivering so you get no true beats and so it says it's 140 it's not like when you're working hard and it's 140 it's just it's almost impossible to take your heart rate at that time because it's just quivering and not really getting any blood pumping through for you So you get winded pretty easily. Um, The main problem with AFib is a stroke. So what happens is when that atrial, when that upper chamber of the heart is quivering, it's not pumping and pushing all the blood through. So the blood pools in your upper chamber and then it clots. And then when it gets pushed through, you clot, goes to your brain and you have a stroke. That's the main worry with atrial fib. So most people that have regular occurrences are on a blood thinner. Yeah. So they just, even, there was years that I took blood thinners, even when I wasn't um, having any atrial fib uh, symptoms. Yeah. Today, I do not take anything uh, and probably should take a blood thinner, but um, I don't, I don't take one at all. Yeah. Does it, do you feel palpitations when you're working out? Say, say you're on a good ride and maybe your heart rate's 130, 140. Does that seem to smooth it out? Like, okay, now it's working or do you still feel it? No, I won't, I won't fill it during that time. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's the lead up to it. So maybe when I first get on a bike or I just get into a workout and I'm just doing something, I'll feel it skip. But then usually once you get your pulse up and you're going, I don't have any problem after that. So it seems like 
like, hey, we're both here playing doctor. <laughs> seems like working out is a good thing for it. Sure. I mean, yeah. you know, you you're say keeping that. it regular. Yeah. 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 Anecdotally. Yeah. Right. Or <laughs> certainly because it's, you know, when you talk to anybody with any kind of a medical issue and you don't have that medical issue, you're like, hey, well, what's it really feel like? Sure. What's it sure. really like? There's many you know, people who are in AFib a lot of the time and they just don't know it. And these yeah. are mainly people that are maybe potentially overweight or having other issues, and they just don't realize that their heart is failing or, or doing something different. And they they say, "I'm uh, I just am winded. I don't have any energy." And they get to the doctor and they find out, "Hey, you're in AFib all the time here. Your heart's not beating properly." Yeah. And uh, I I know a lot of people that have had that problem. Right. So, but as athletes, most of the people listening to the podcast or like us, we we know pretty much immediately when something goes with our heart. Hmm. So. Well, I, yeah, you know, I don't have AFib, but I do have a, my my heart rate will get too low. Yeah. And better shape I get in, obviously, the lower it gets. Yeah. And so, and I'm approaching that level right now. I've noticed, you know, my my rides are, my rides still aren't long, two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Um, but it's a long ride for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. My runs are getting longer, right, you know, and I'm noticing now. I'm back to that spot where if I'm resting, like right now we're kicking back talking, but this is keeping me active enough where it's not going to happen. But if I just really chill out, if I'm just sitting there watching TV, get super relaxed, I'm thirsty, I'm going to go get a glass of water. And I stand up. You black out. It's, I got to give my body time. Hey, you know. Yeah, you got to let it know. I'm getting up now. <laughs> yeah, because the heart rate won't jump up fast enough yeah. to support the activity, even though just walking to the refrigerator to get some water. Is- and, and that's real common. I mean, I think for distance athletes, and uh, it happened to me last night. I got up from the chair and I was like, whoa, and almost went down. I have, you know, Mason, my son, caught me one time. I went yeah. down one time. I blacked out. And uh, it was just, uh, it had nothing to do with AFib. It's just our heart rates get so low, you get up quickly to go do something, and I went down. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, sometimes I think about that. I'm like, you know, well, the doctor told me, he's like, yeah, when you're older, you're just, you're going to have to have a pacemaker. Yeah. Just, you know, that's the word I was looking for, pacemaker. Yeah. And it's, is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, it's so, all right. What, uh, what is your training like right now? What? Yeah, so I'm training a lot right now. I mean, I've been uh, riding three to four days a week and lifting three, three, I'm lifting three and riding three is my general workout yeah but, um, yeah nothing crazy two hours is the longest ride and uh so but that's enough to again bring some fatigue that's seven or eight hours a week so that's 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 general fatigue right there you're carrying it all the time so speaking of seven to eight hours a week do you know is there a number where you know maybe it's not specific workouts during the week or how hard they are mm-hmm. but do you have an hour total per week where you're like okay this is where my body really starts to uh start i'd love to say i'm not that scientific but i'm not you know it's just all it's all intuition and feel and uh, i know when i'm getting there i'm like "Uh, i probably should take a day off and uh it doesn't happen often right now but it's just important to listen to your body and when when you're there you're there right right but you have to prioritize sleep now i make sure i get my sleep in i'm i'm an eight hour guy every single night just night in night out and if i'm not i know what's coming you start to and how many nights how many nights of missing that before you notice? One, I can get by, but two, two nights in a row of not getting a full eight hour sleep. If I only get six or I only get seven, 
um, then after two nights, I'm gonna have to alter something to get back on, on okay. that pattern. Cause I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be able to perform correctly. My heart's gonna, there's gonna be something going on. And which, what do you normally notice first? Performance or does your heart start to my heart? My heart actually tells me. Yeah, it'll right. tell me, so yeah. It's, yeah. it's immediate. And as I get older now too, the stress, I mean, we all run big businesses and the stress, I feel my stress in my heart now. And yeah. uh, that's, that's weird. Um, but it's obviously a weakness in my body. And uh, so I feel my stress in my body and I have a lot of palpitations and things and it's purely around the stress of the day. Yeah. So I'm feeling that. So I'm trying to differentiate. Am I working out too hard? Am I just stressed? And every trainer you've ever had will tell you your body knows no difference between stress and working out. So if you had a terrible day, customers beating you up, you're uh, fighting with employees or whatever it is, that's a workout and you don't realize yeah. it. And yeah. you want to medicate it by, oh, I'm going to forget about this and go for a two-hour run or I'm going to go get a hard run. It. That's, that's really twice as hard on your body that day. And uh, so you've got to listen to it. Yes, you definitely have to figure out how to regulate the stress. Yeah. That's so important. Because we we experience it physically in our body. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know what? Man, thanks. That is that is a lot to share and it's a lot to be going through. But, yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't think about, you know, we've talked about so many other things on this podcast. Yeah. I need to go. I need to go chat with him about this AFib because there's so many people out there that can, I think, benefit from it. Yeah learn how to deal with it, maybe not be so scared. Maybe they're just starting to deal with it and yeah. they're scared out of their minds. I can see that. And yeah, it's definitely not something to take lightly, but it is certainly nice to talk to somebody that's going through it. But you can live with it. I think that's my message is you can totally live with this. You can continue to train with it. Just get it figured out, get to the right doctor. Um, and if your doctor says, well, just don't do that anymore, well, keep looking. There's other doctors, and yeah, there, there, yeah. you know, there's the right doctor. There's a sports doctor. There's there's sports cardiologist. There's a cardiologist that understand what's going on. I just have a dysfunctional electric system in my my body. My mother's that way. My grandfather was that way. We all have electrical problems. That's all it is. It's an electrical problem. It's not a heart issue. It's an electrical problem. That's all. AFib is electric. So, silly question. I think I know the answer, but are there degrees of it? Are there more severe degree? Uh, I'm sure there are. Yep. I'm sure there are. Because it's not all, it's not like it's just cookie cutter. Like if you got AFib, this is how it is. And yeah, no, there's no, I mean, there's a lot of people that go in, will have ablations where they actually burn off some of the uh, pathways to mm -hmm. try and get it to stop. And that is actually successful for some people. Yeah. And uh, I've never felt I needed to go that far. Um, again, I think the secret to my body is just to continue training. I continue to work out and I continue to keep myself in good health. So then, uh, my, my AFib's not ever getting worse. Yeah. So my, my mom has it and she got the ablation and yeah. it worked. Yeah. And she, but before she got that done, she just described, she said, I'm just tired all the time. Yep. It's like, yep. It's wearing me out having yeah. this. Yeah. And hers wasn't really a high heart rate. It was just constantly just yeah. irregular heartbeat. Yeah. You know, Arrhythmias constant. and constantly just yeah. not efficient. Your, yeah. your heart's not pumping efficiently. Right. So you never get the blood flow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. And uh, yep. now let's just keep working yeah. out. Yeah. Hopefully, get hopefully back it on. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. All right.